Welcome to the EXO Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Evans, president of Marriage Today. We have a great show coming to you today. As always, my good friends, my co-hosts, Sean Reed's with me today. Hey, Sean. What's going on, Brent? Nothing. I'm ready to work. Y'all ready? Caitlin, you ready to go? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Caitlin Edwards is here as well. She's got some great news stories for us. She's keeping us live and in action with some, with some good stuff, right, today? Current events. Current events. I got I like it. it. Hey, we're talking about conflict resolution today. We're about to get in a fight mm. and resolve it right here. Let's do it. Let's I do it. it. Who's going to start? Well, I don't know. It's I'm your too, fault. I'm too nice of a guy, okay? Yeah. It's all your fault. No. We know that in marriage, people get into situations sometimes where things get heated. Yeah. You have conversations with your spouse that don't go the way you plan them. Everybody has conflict. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's about how we resolve them that matters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So today we're giving you some tips on how to resolve conflict in your marriage. We have a special guest coming up for you. We're going we're gonna to dive into this whole topic about how to fight with your spouse, but do it in a way that you come out better lovers, better friends. It's possible. It can happen. We're going to show you how. First off, we're going to talk about date night. We have a special sponsor called Datebox. If you go to getdatebox.com, you'll check out their whole like subscription service they have for date nights. They send these boxes to you guys. Do y'all, do y'all have a subscription service to Datebox? I need to sign up using our free promo code. All you have to do is pay shipping and handling. That's right. $5 for shipping and handling. But this is a date box that comes to your house. It's a physical box. They have, last time they had massage oil. Yeah. I do not disturb sign. Does, yes. It does all the work for you. Sometimes it's how to cook uh, sushi with your spouse, or sometimes it's about kind of going through different um, topics or subjects with your spouse. They do all the work for you for your date night. This is once a month. It's very easy. Go to getdatebox.com. Use the promo code Podcast, and they'll give you, like Caitlin said, your first month for free. All you have to pay is $5 for the shipping. There's really no excuses not to do it. Check them out at getdatebox.com, and we'll be right back. Well, I've got some good news for you, and that is you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. A 100% chance. Couples with the strongest marriages, they aren't the ones that never had a reason to give up. They're the ones who just refuse to give up. God is still in the business of raising dead things and bringing them back to life. You're not just going to stay married forever. You're going to stay married happily ever after. And that's what we believe when we say that your family has a bright future. Join Jimmy and Karen Evans for the EXO 2018 Marriage Conference. Visit exomarriage.com. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth without grace is surgery without anesthesia. Grace without truth is a cheerleader without a team. It's a bottle with no medicine and it's false hope. But grace and truth is powerful. So when we're communicating in marriage, it says, speaking the truth in love, we grow up into all aspects. Our marriages need to have an atmosphere of truth and grace. So relationships without conflict, research is proven, relationships without conflict are not as satisfying as relationships with conflict. I'm not talking about fighting all the time. I'm saying an an atmosphere of truth. 
that I can tell you that I'm hurting, that I can tell you that something's bothering me. We have to have truth in our relationship for it to be satisfying. When relationships where truth is spoken without love are not satisfying because they're devastated. There's hurt feelings. Much of the truth that needs to be spoken in marriage is not Bible truth, it's my truth. It's like I was saying in the previous session, it's, I'm not saying that my feelings are right, I'm just saying that they're real. And so I need the opportunity just simply to speak my truth. And I'll talk about that more in just a minute. But grace has to precede truth. Okay, research proves this. The first three minutes of a conversation dictate the entire conversation. And if a conversation starts bad, you're better to stop, leave for an hour, and come back and start it again because it starts bad, it's going to end bad. As an example, if you start a conversation like this, let me just tell you something. I'm tired of this and I'm not taking it anymore. And I've got my lawyer's number on speed dial and depending on what happens in this conversation, I'm going to go hit one button on my phone or not. Now I'm just tired of this. You think that conversation is going to go well? I'm yelling, I'm threatening, I'm name-calling and all that kind of stuff. But how about this conversation? Maybe I need to talk. And I, something's bothering me. I don't know. It might just be me. It might just be the pizza I had last night. I don't know. <laughs> but if I don't talk about it, it might affect the way that I talk to you today or the way I relate to you today. And I don't want the devil to get involved in this. I love you. I'm committed to you. We're on the same team. I'm yours for the rest of my life. Nothing's ever going to change that. But I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. You think that conversation's going to go good? Because grace preceded truth. Did you know every time that grace and truth are mentioned in the Bible, grace is always mentioned first? It doesn't say that Jesus was full of truth and grace. It says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. We are going to talk about what's going on in the news as it relates to marriage. And first up, we're going to talk about a book by Eli Finkel. This guy's a psychologist, and he has a book called The All or Nothing Marriage. And he's taken all of his years of experience, along with his personal experience in marriage with his wife over all of the years, and has drawn this conclusion about expectations in marriage. So he argues that high expectations for your marriage and for your life in general greatly benefit a couple when things are going really well in life and in marriage, but severely are counterproductive when you're going through hard times. So essentially what he's saying is that if you go into marriage expecting the absolute best, thinking everything's going to be perfect and lovely and wonderful all the time, and believing that about your life as well, that you're going to be really happy when life's treating you kindly and things are good, but that you're going to be two times as unhappy when things get hard. So his suggestion is that you, in times of hardship, lower your expectations a little bit, ride the wave, and by, I guess the, the converse effect of lowering your expectations makes you happier and helps sustain your relationship long term. Sean, do you think that expectations play a part in whether or not a relationship lasts? Yes, absolutely. I think that our expectations a lot of times are based on um, our perceived need at that moment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the challenges that happen with husbands and wives is we have either voiced it in the past and we're disappointed that our spouse is not rising to the level of what we need at Mm -hmm. that moment, or we assume that they get life in the way the world revolves around us the same way that we do so we anticipate Mm -hmm. we're looking forward to our spouse coming through and doing for us or the family or the household or what have you in a manner that i would do it and since they don't it's like hurt 
and in a lot of ways, a person can feel betrayed or they can feel um, overlooked, undervalued mm -hmm. because that spouse continues to miss the mark. I mean, and after a while, um, just a failure to execute on a level that a person has perceived as the expectation. This is the way it should be. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can really view it as like, almost like a sinful act against them. Right. And after a while, a person just keeps just kind of violating the law over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And um, your feelings for that person could all of a sudden begin to change because you begin to think that they're doing it intentionally. Well, how do you practically lower your expectations without becoming negative or just expecting life to be hard or expecting marriage to be hard or the world to be cruel? How do you practically lower your expectations in a healthy way? I think it's just being realistic. You know? mm -hmm. I read something today um, about how couples, when they go see a romantic movie, mm -hmm. like a really romantic movie where the, the guy is like super in love with the girl and wins her over and it's just high romance, mm -hmm. that actually couples walk away frustrated. Hmm. Like it lowers intimacy and in relationship because you you see this couple on screen having this amazing love fest and you can't relate and you walk away going I'll never achieve that yeah as opposed to going to see a horror movie or something that goes like <laughs> really south in the movie yeah. mm -hmm. you walk away going well my life's not that bad so yeah. <laughs> you feel right. a little bit better about your life and your marriage and so I think being realistic about who you're married to and where you're married and worth city you live in and what job you have mm -hmm. it's always good to, to want to achieve a, a better status in life you know maybe make a little bit more money or have a better job but I think uh, setting expectations that your spouse is going to be uh, beautiful forever the same way they looked like when they were 20s yeah. they look mm -hmm. like in their 70s there's an expectation on our culture to, to keep up with all, all this kind of stuff yeah. um, I think that's part of it I think to make a lot of money people there's an expectation on people to like just grow their 401k and always have all this money. Mm -hmm. I think that's unfair if you have too high of an expectation on yes, where you're supposed to be at the end of your of your life. I think sometimes couples over time their expectations change mm -hmm. and they don't keep up with each other and they don't communicate. That's why we talk about having vision retreats every year. It does help you to kind of know what your expectations are every mm -hmm. year uh, to align those with your spouse. So whenever things go south and you have high expectations, which it will, you're going to have peaks and valleys. You're Absolutely. never going to live on the top of the mountain every year. Right. When you get to the valley and you go, this isn't what I thought was yeah. going to happen, it's very easy for conflict to arise mm -hmm. in a marriage. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, w I would challenge um, a person at that valley moment of life to stop for a moment and remember like some of the best times that you've had with your spouse and remember that you're like in love with them mm -hmm. and not just what they can do for you. Right. And so if a person's not, you know, rising to that level financially or with their parents or all the many things that you name, it's like what grounds you is is the fact that you are there to actually serve that person and you're in love with the person and not just what they can do for you. Mm -hmm. And that helps you to kind of lower those expectations and saying, okay, it's not just about how you're serving me, but right now in this moment, how can I readily serve you? Right. And uh, it's kind of having the gift of giving, being on the right side of giving. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine once told me, you know, a lot of times we want to be the recipients of people's goodness, but we forget that we've been taught that it's better to give than to receive. Mm -hmm. So how can I be a giver in the valley? How can I be a giver on the mountaintop and you right. know, try to bring some joy into somebody else's life instead of being so disappointed with what they're not bringing into mind? That's good. Next up, we have an article from NBC News, and this is actually about our good friends, Casey and Megan Kasten. They've been a part of our EXO conferences before. We love them. And NBC posted this, and it's a, uh, the Kasten's advice about five easy steps to fighting fair and to gaining a better marriage. They say it's as easy as five steps, and those steps are to, one, maintain control, keep your cool, you know, never letting the argument rise to a heated level. Second, never interrupt. It's funny, this article mentions that Megan and Casey hold a toy microphone 
when it's their turn to talk and it just ensures that whoever is speaking gets heard and says what they need to say and they kind of pass it off which I thought was interesting um, third, do not bring up the past. You have to deal with one it. issue at a time. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that here. I mean, typically, teach people not to have something where you can bludgeon the other person right. with it. Right. It's lightweight. It's a foam microphone. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No sharp objects. <laughs> Threes, don't bring up the past. You have to deal with one issue at a time. Four, don't be critical. Talking about how that just derails the productivity of the argument it becomes not constructive at that point. Mm-hmm. And fifth, to apologize that there's something about taking responsibility that just takes the air out of the argument. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was good advice. They have great advice. Yeah, yeah. Casey and Megan are great. Yeah, Love you know them. what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably about the first five years of our marriage, I flunked the first one. And I never did make it down to the rest of them. Mm-hmm. It I affects was, everything. It sets yeah. the tone for the whole conversation. Yeah, I was always angry. I was like the incredible hope. I think for guys, it's hard to remember the steps. Because once your blood pressure gets high mm-hmm. and you're just seeing red, it's like, what do I do now? Because mm-hmm. it, the fight or flight mode is yeah. you're either going to just let them have it with your mouth or you're going to want to go hightail it somewhere. Right. And that's and, why they were saying no one to even say, I just need to take a step back for a moment. Just give me a moment to kind of get to a better place. Mm-hmm. And we can start from there. It's good. It's good advice today. Imagine a relaxing, adventurous cruise among glaciers, mountains, and charming fishing villages, combined with life-changing marriage teaching from Jimmy Evans. Set sail June 29th to July 6th, 2018, on the Exo Marriage Cruise to Alaska. Unforgettable views, luxurious accommodations, and eight days of romance in one of the most scenic parts of North America. Book your stateroom now at exomarriage.com slash cruise. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We're talking about the worst. The worst. We're talking about the worst of the worst of things. And today we're talking about the worst pickup lines you can use. Now, if you're married, you've already used as many pickup lines as you probably want. They still kind of work on your spouse. You can still use them to make them laugh. Or if you're maybe looking for a romantic night, you can (laughs) use them for those as well. Yeah, we got some good ones. So first up, hey girl. It's handy that I have my library card because I'm totally checking you out. <laughs> fail. <laughs> yes, major fail. All right. Uh, this is only if you're married, you can say this one. But your breasts remind me of Mount Rushmore. My face should be among them. Sean, like this one. Hey, girl, did you just fart? Because you, you blow, blow me away. away. <laughs> a pickup line should always start with a bodily function accusation. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I liked the, hey girl, are you German? Because I want to be German. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> English gets me. If you were a transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I like it. Hey, listen, the these lines, I want y'all all to try these with Lynette. Tonight, okay. You get you pick one of these and you just give it a try tonight and see what happens. I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't think it's gonna go well. I'm willing to try though. You will. We just try this one. Uh, excuse me, girl. I think you have something in your eye. Nope. It's just a sparkle. <laughs> yeah. No, that wouldn't work. T- <laughs> <laughs> if you told her, hey, Lynette, is your name Wi-Fi? Because we have a connection. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> that, that's a sweet that was, Yeah, that was nice. The world. 
Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We have a special guest in the EXO studio with us today. Her name is Teresa Thomas. A little background on Teresa. She has been a successful businesswoman. She started a company, built it up, sold it, and then after that, she decided to go out into marriage and family therapy. Marriage and family. And she's been helping couples succeed in, in their relationships for many, many years. And then just recently, she joined the Marriage Today team as the leader of Operation Hope. Welcome, yes. Teresa. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. And we know that you see a lot of couples in your uh, counseling room. Yes. And you help them, you coach them, you, you teach them how to have a better marriage. So we're talking about conflict in marriage today. And we're going to be talking about how to resolve conflict. And we know it's going to happen. We know we're going to have Absolutely. situations Absolutely. where we go head-to-head with our partners. Yes. Um, but we want to know how to resolve that okay. as peacefully as possible. Okay. With as little violence and damage sure. as possible. Because what I do know is... That there is a process that happens, and once you fight, you actually, on the back side of it, can sometimes have a reward. That's It's the called truth. makeup sex, Sean. <laughs> Indeed. And it is That's good the upside. For you. That is a thing. That's that the upside. Positive. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we want to get people to a place where they can understand that conflict is normal, how to deal with it. Sure. And bring it to a place where they know when they get in the, those heated situations, kind of like it's a discipline, they know that there's some things they can do. So, Teresa... Welcome to the podcast. Well, I'm excited to be here and love this subject. It's one of my favorite when couples come in because obviously um, when couples come to the office, they, they it doesn't matter what age they are, they mm-hmm. just feel like they should know better. Yeah. And I try to help them understand after 32 years of marriage and 25 years of marriage counseling, I, my husband and I had to admit there were areas in our marriage that we were infants yeah. and conflict resolution was one of them. I should know better because I know this stuff, but still you could get in those situations where you just... You, you get you escalate yeah. and then you disengage and then there's all these hurt feelings and so I just try to help couples number one understand there's areas your infants and conflict resolution is one of those mm-hmm. and when you can admit that you, there's you're, you're an infant in a subject then you know there's a learning curve yeah. and so I try to keep it really simple when you start to escalate stop mm. just stop because fact-fighting is what happens when you're escalating mm-hmm. and we know that fact-fighting leads to failure so if you know that if the knowledge is if we're if we're in an escalation mode and we're fact-fighting mm-hmm. this is going to go nowhere it's just going to be a failure for us mm. so stop that's the first thing mm. and then you know you got to you got to retreat to your own your own uh, quiet place a place that you can actually get a proper perspective about what's going on here yeah um, so but everybody has a different opinion about how long that retreat should last <laughs> When we first got married, Steph and I, um, we'd have a fight, and like she could last days. I was within a couple of hours. I was like, "Come on, let's just resolve this. Let's get back to a place." And she was just—that's just the way she fought. She could she could get to a place where she didn't really have to talk to me. Yeah. She was she was retreating in her own place, and we have since resolved that. Okay. We've gotten better now. Where we know, like, there's a certain period of time. I give her her space. I gave her enough time to cool down. But then we have a peaceable time where we come. We've been married almost 20 years. Yes. That was our first couple of years of marriage. So mm-hmm. We've learned over the years the right balance. But what do you tell couples? Well, I tell couples there's a difference between withdrawing and taking time out from each other. And the, and the, the difference is giving the time in, knowing... Mm-hmm. I'm going to need about 30 minutes. I'm going to need until tomorrow. And maybe if it's a big one, we need a couple of days. But we don't go longer than that, only because we want to be able to, like you said, have some resolution, have a win-win. And so um, there's specific things that we tell couples to do during that time out. you got to know three things before you're ready to have another conversation. Because that's the adult part. That's growing up in that area. 
because we don't want to get into fact-fighting. We want to, we want to trade personalization and accusations for ownership and understanding. And the only way we get there is to know three things before we come back together. We've got to know what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. We got to know what we're believing, and we got to know what, and we got to own what we did. Mm. And so, for instance, if uh, a couple came in uh, not too long ago, and the wife was super frustrated that the husband spent so much time at the office, and so her three things were: I feel unimportant, I feel lonely because I feel like your career is more important than me and our family, and I own that I don't make the environment warm for you to come home to. Mm. The husband on the flip side, his feeling was, I feel misunderstood and I feel unappreciated because mm. I spend all this time at the office trying to make a living so that we can live the life that we live, right. and I own that I don't want to come home because I'm, I don't want to go from one stressful environment mm-hmm. to the other. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you take you take the uh, defensiveness down a notch because each of you are owning your stuff. You're owning what you're feeling, you're owning what you're believing, and you're owning what you've done. That sounds like grown-ups. It does sound like grown-ups. Sounds like mature adults. So that's the adult-to-adult switch from being an infant in an area to growing up in that area. Why do people have such a hard time being mature in relationships? I mean, because we resort to our most juvenile behavior Yes. whenever we're in our even 30s, 40s, and we just act like little children fighting. Well, we have the need to be right. And we want we we just want to be able to get you to convince you that what I'm telling you is the way we should get this done. Yeah, so we're fighting these little skirmishes, these battles, and losing the war. Yes, right. And so the war should be to keep it together, to stay unified, but instead we're kind of nitpicking and trying to win every argument, right? Yes. Okay. So now that you've done this and you've had some couples who've kind of gone through it, what do you think are some of the biggest hindrances for those that still struggle in that area? Right. So after you kind of laid out the, the blueprint, we said, mm-hmm. hey, these are the steps you need to take ownership and so on and so forth. What are some of the things that you feel prevent them from kind of taking that next step? Well, people are creatures of habit. And so they want to go back to doing it the way they've been doing it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to learn a new way, even though they know it's successful, even though we can say to them more the same is not going to bring change. They still go back. They still go back to what they're habitually used to doing, even mm-hmm. though they know it doesn't work. And yeah. that's the infant part of it. That's the growing up in that area, saying, "I no longer want to do it this way because I know it's not healthy for my marriage." Mm-hmm. And it's just people making that decision to do that. Mm-hmm. Wow! And it's the challenge all the time. And we literally send them with the script with those three things. Know your three things. Yeah. <laughs> and so at some point, there has to be like a surrendering to this new process, Absolutely. this new way. Um, I'll tell you what. For the first five or six years, my wife and I, we struggled in this area. And, of course, every now and then we still do. We still have our moments where there's a little bit of tension uh, that exists. Part of it is I have a need to be right. I have a very, very strong need to be right. Um, And I like to win arguments as well. So I have this habit of wanting to win the argument and I have a need to be right. And uh, for a long time, she would suppress what she was thinking. She's been set free now. And so she she, so she talks about what yeah, she's thinking yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, so she's free. But prior to that, she really couldn't get a word in because I was I was so angry and I was so, okay. So there are a lot of people in listener land who may be at that place to where they have a lot to say or they're processing their emotions and they're thinking through it, but they don't really voice what's on their hearts. They don't really express what's really going on in their minds and they're about to implode. What would you say to a person like that? The people who are, are who are not sharing? Yes, like okay. my wife was. My wife was at that place. I was so intense okay, and argumentative and defensive. And so even if she would bring up anything, it would lead to 
this big explosion exactly. and I would even dominate the explosion. Sure. And so I was quite controlling. And so she suppressed a lot and she just kind of held it in. And so for a person like herself, what, what would you suggest? Sticking to the script. Why? Because again, we know that works. We know it works with, with, you know, couples who have gotten into place, like you said, where there's a dominant one, because it's again, getting into fact fighting. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the better facts, whoever stays in the game longer is going to be a winner. <laughs> and so there's a winner and a loser. And anytime there's a winner and a loser in the marriage, we all lose. Wow. So for Lynette, again, sticking to the script, she could say to you, we're, we're going to stop right now. Or mm-hmm. she could say, I'm feeling attacked. Because I believe all this is about is you winning, and I own that I'm no longer going to have this argument with you. And Ooh. then it's over. So those are, those are her three things. Wow. That is powerful stuff, buddy. Because that, that changes the whole dynamic of where it heads. So instead of going tit for tat, yes. a person is now walking in an authority to basically control themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have to allow the other person to control them or determine you know, where the conversation is going to go. Yes. But they can own their part of the conversation and that's powerful and it only takes one one of you to be an adult because the other person then can't dance the same if the one if the one person decides i'm going to continue to grow up in this area for us for our health of our marriage yeah and so it doesn't take both of you to have to do it either it's really good it's really good uh let's talk about nuclear issues okay because i know there's in most relationships there's mm-hmm. one thing that if you push that button mm-hmm. the missiles come up I started aligning. You know, there's always one topic that people have in their marriage that if you, maybe it's in-laws, mm-hmm. maybe it's finances, maybe it's kids, maybe it's something like that. So when you get to a, a level uh, of a fight or a conversation argument that you know that that is going to cause major catastrophe mm-hmm. if, you go, if you push the button and start down that path, um, how do you get people to, first of all, put the missiles down? Mm-hmm. Take their finger off the button, and uh, kind of on the back side of it, really take it off the table for the future. Resolve that issue long term because I, I feel like most people just live with it, mm-hmm. and they never really address it, and they never really have deep intimacy because they never resolve that one issue in their marriage. They, they, they may have a good marriage, but they never have a great marriage because they avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. You see that a lot. We do, and intimacy. Bringing up that subject, it has a lot to do with the intimacy, the lack of emotional intimacy. Because even though you can have a good relationship, and you know we've got good jobs and good kids, and we're living the life, there's that lack of the need. There's that need to want to go deeper, but you don't because when you've tried it in the past, like you said, it's nuclear. There's something that's that's missing in their ability to be able to communicate that on a healthy level and so for us we teach them that again the three tools about being able to keep it on a level that it's about my heart it's not so much about cognitively the facts mm. so if it's about um, say for instance there's problem in the bedroom um, that's a big one obviously and we get that a lot and, and we just try to help help each other understand what it is that you believe about intimacy if you're able to share, I feel this way when I'm with you because I believe this and I own that I that I act like a certain way, mm-hmm. it again sets the stage for safety and security mm-hmm. that says I'm going to own what I've been doing in the bedroom. Yeah. But also I need you to understand my heart in this issue. I don't it's not about the facts, it's not about what society says about what what it's supposed to look like, it's not about any of that. It's the real me showing up naked mm-hmm. and being able to say to you, this is my heart in this. Yeah. You know, for husbands, they want, you know, 
uh, and I'll, I won't say all husbands, but a lot of it, it is the male um, wanting that physical touch. Mm-hmm. And then a woman being able to say, I want, to, I want that for you. I really want that for you. Mm-hmm. And here's what I need. I need the emotional intimacy, and mm-hmm. that's what's missing for mm-hmm. us. And that's why you're not getting what you want, and I'm not getting what I want. Yeah. But we got to be able to go deeper and have that conversation in a safe environment. The thought I had about conflict was this. When God created Adam and Eve, it, it, you know, it's, it's unique. A lot of times when we think of the creation story, we think about it physically that Adam was like this clay ball and God breathed life into him. And then Eve was taken from his literal rib. But the translation of it is, is I guess there's a deeper meaning to that, um, that she was taken from his side. One translation said a woman was made opposite from man, opposite from man. So mm-hmm. the idea is his helper and her helper, they're helpers of one another, but they're made opposite from one another. And so that means that we're created to be different on purpose. Yes. And so the way that a man thinks, the way that a woman thinks by nature is opposite. And those opposites usually uh, should help us become attracted to one another. But sometimes it can, uh, you know, if not worked through properly, it'll cause us to want to divide from what's Absolutely. best for us. So you mentioned something earlier that our hearts is, is, you know, are the key. And since we communicate from heart to heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we cre- communicate from heart to heart, my heart to yours, but it has to go through my mouth. And, and whatever comes back out of your mouth is going to come back to me and impact my heart. The challenge that I find, which I think your conversation piece that you're telling us to have these three steps, it helps to eliminate this one tragic mistake is that my heart is misinterpreted because my words misrepresented. Mm-hmm. If, if my attitude mm-hmm. is one of anger and so, so great a frustration that now my heart, it basically has no filter. There's no mercy with the truth. Mm-hmm. So I can be saying the right things, the facts, but the wrong way. And that's going to continue to stir it up and stir it up more and more and more. And so what I'm realizing in, in how we have these conversations, as you're explaining it, is it's taking my heart mm-hmm. and it's putting a filter over it. And it's making sure that we actually solve the, the real problem rather than battling with how I bring up the problem, my response to what you're saying is yes. the issue, and so on and so forth. And so I feel like that that is a huge, a huge, uh, I guess, area that we all need to grow in, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's getting freed up in the power of the tongue. Yes. Okay. So what would you say um, to a person who's right now, they're at this spot where they're in the thick of it. I mean, it's just really difficult uh, in the house. It seems like they are at that nuclear point. It's mm-hmm. really, really, really hostile. And let's say they can't get to you guys yet. Yes. They don't, and, and they just feel like they're at that breaking point. What can they do immediately in their home right now to help them cope with such a toxic environment? Again, um, trying to take the facts off the table, like like. That's what we get into when we're trying to have um, a conversation and sharing our heart. We start getting into facts. And so, again, I I encourage couples, whenever they get in those heated situations, is to stop. You've got to be able to take that time to retreat to know your three things. So you want them to pause. So just the power of the pause, right? So pause for a moment before you get ready to, to do something. I say, uh, take a walk before you talk and pray before you say. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I love that. Right? Yeah. Oh. So, I'm going to take that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> take, I love it. Take a walk before you talk and pray, pray before, you, before say. you say. So before this sure. comes out, you may want to ask yourself, will this help or will this hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, if the way I'm going to say it is wrong, you know, will it help or will it hurt? So if a person is in worship 
And and I know you know I worship and pray, so I'm going to dive into this now okay, with you. Okay. And I'm going to say, okay, let's say, for instance, you're bringing something before God regarding mm-hmm. your spouse or, yes, or yes. any conflict or what mm-hmm. have you. How would you approach that? Help me out. Like, I'm at a place where I, I, I want to lean in on the Lord and help me to get my words right before I go into this meeting. What what should I be you know focused in on in prayer and in worship? Uh, during during the prayer, I want to make sure I'm at, at yes. Okay, so right. during the prayer, so I'm getting prepared. We just had a conflict, or I feel like I need to have a conversation with my spouse, but just to make sure that we approach this thing the right way, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pray before I say this thing. Yes. What should a person do in that time of prayer? Well, I think for um, for me personally, I, I'm praying that the Lord will show me my husband's heart, that he would be able to, you know. Um, I want to radiate a certain aspect of Christ when it comes to certain subjects in my marriage. Um, But I can start taking things personally. And so I'm always praying, Lord, don't let me take this personal. Hmm. I know this is not about me. I know that um, there's something going on with my husband, and I want to have ears to hear. And I want to have a a heart of grace and mercy to be able to understand what it is that he's frustrated about. Hmm. So actually taking it off of you and asking the Lord to help you see the heart of your spouse. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, people that grow up learning from their parents how to resolve conflict a lot of times. Mm, And that's mm -hmm. harder for them to overcome than anything. Absolutely. And so one of the reasons why we love doing this is to bring some education to people, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. change their normal. Yes. Um, Like my dad and mom always talked about, my dad's family, they didn't talk to them. When they were mad at you, you knew because they didn't talk to them. Talk, exactly. My mom's side of the family, they just blew up. Mm -hmm. It was a volcano whenever there was a fight. And then 10 minutes later, they were great. Just go out, eat something. Yeah, some they're fun. done. Yeah, but you just got overloaded <laughs> with a bunch of yelling and everything. Exactly. And so that's how they came into the marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, I can relate with that. My parents obviously modeled something really well for me okay. uh, in growing up. <clears throat> it helps to have Jimmy and Karen as his parents when it comes to, yeah. to marriage. I can't, I can't throw them under the bus. Uh, Lucky you. <laughs> but you do bring things in there. I mean, personality and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so I feel like with the information you're giving uh, our listeners that they can apply those things right now. They yes. can they can have something that they can take away. And I love the the part about the facts and taking those off the tables. People get so locked in yes. to the he said, she said, this happened, you did this mm-hmm. and they cannot see past it. No. They cannot get they cannot see they will they are willing to give up everything over the most minute detail that's so true brent and it so just so to true. take that off the yes. table what's it gonna hurt just to take it off the table and, exactly. and just not make it about that thing i feel like it's huge for most people yeah and the other thing that we share with couples is keep fun time sacred don't get it doesn't matter what it is mm. if you're on a date because i mean the world we live in and busy the fact that you're even on a date is right. a miracle in itself yeah. mm-hmm. we really encourage couples not to have conflicts during fun time Hold that. Whatever's happened, say, we'll get to that later. Right yeah. now, we're going to enjoy our dinner. We're going to enjoy you know, our walk in the park or whatever that is. That is another key one. that I, I Because you're making memories mm-hmm. during those, the, those times. And that's the, the last thing you want to do is get in conflict mm-hmm. during the fun times. It's good. Great. Teresa, thank you for being a part of the podcast oh, I appreciate today. You having yes. me. I enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, I really I'm did. Enjoy. It was awesome. Great advice. Yes, it is. Thank you. And, um, in fact, my wife and I got a little argument today and I can oh. go home and I can say it's not about the facts <laughs> that you did this it's all about your heart honey. that's right <laughs> it's not about the fact that you did this <laughs> no it's very it's very very good so if you want more information on Teresa she's actually leading our Operation Hope uh, you can go to marriagetoday.com and look for the Operation Hope page it's under our marriage help section and they have Operation Hope here every every week in our office where they're helping coach couples and lead them to yes. a better place 
Awesome. Check her out there. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Thanks, Sean, my good friend. Appreciate you, brother. This was great. Any other comments about conflict resolution? No, I think that's it. I, I got homework. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I took some notes from you, so I'm going to jot it down and apply it. Yeah, it was really, awesome. really good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again to our sponsors, Datebox. Go to getdatebox.com. Use the promo code Podcast, And also our podcast page on our site, exomarriage.com forward slash podcast. We're going to be populating that with all of our links. But please subscribe to the feed. Tell your friends about this podcast. It's an easy way. If you have friends that are hurting their marriage, it's an easy way to help them just get something that might bless their marriage, help them to get to a better place. Hope you do that. Uh, please follow us on our social media. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and we'll see you next time.